garbage time. In the first eight weeks of the season, we've had plenty of big time moments. There have been winners and grinners. Some saints and yeah, we've had some sinners. Our next stars have been in full flight. And familiar faces getting the job done right. You are kidding me, Chris Golding! Now we must stop for a very short break. And wind it all back to see that in every moment, it's all at stake. The NBL is set to scorch this summer for you, our passionate fans. That's right, this is going to be the real Summer Slam. Oh, Every moment matters, and the best is still to come. Ain't no stopping now until that championship's been won. Welcome, everybody, to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Rodney E, and this is a recap of Round 8 of NBL 24. What you just heard there was a grab from the NBL YouTube channel, a pretty perfect summation of the first eight rounds of the season this year. So let's not dilly-dally, let's not waste any time, let's get straight into the recap of all these games from round eight as we head into the FIBA break. Let's go. Risky pass in the backcourt. McDowell wide on the move. Oh, oh, the why glass. not? Why not? <laughs> 61 points in a quarter. That's going to potentially get a count in it should. It is. Again, Anthony Lamb is just going at Machuk Deng. Interesting call to challenge. Nice take from Finn Delaney. Points in the game, but look at this. Gets Marcus Lee to leave his feet and puts his head down. And oh, here we go. under pressure. Turnover. Doyle with the jam. They just never go away. This game has everything tonight. Oh, what Turnover. a snatched it away. What a play. The New Zealand Breakers deliver at the time of need. Jordan Crawford doing the right thing. He's trying to get the ball to Milton Doyle. They're closing. The New Zealand looks like they're about to come away with it. Well, much needed is probably an understatement. This man right Isn't here it? has been... That's a pretty smart miss. Can't call a timeout. Magne throws up a prayer, and in the darkest of moments, the New Zealand Breakers find the line. Okay, so first up in round eight of NBL 24, we had the New Zealand Breakers going away to play the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers at the Silverdome in Launceston. We were treated to a fantastic... Game, first game of the round, and it's the New Zealand Breakers that come up with a victory despite a breakout game by Will Magne in his second game back. The big center for Tasmania had 20 points, 13 rebounds, and four blocks, going a perfect eight for eight from the free throw line and finishing and finishing at the basket, seemingly with ease on the passes, mainly from Milton Doyle. Now, the Jack Jumpers were in this game right up until the final seconds, but a late fourth quarter turnover by Jordan Crawford allowed Isaiah Liafa to get on the break and score at the basket to put it out of reach for Tasmania. The New Zealand Breakers shot a high percentage from the three-point line, going 11 for 24, and despite not out-rebounding the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers... 
They pull out the victory. Modi Mayor said in the post-game press conference that it was not about individual players in this particular matchup. It was the team supporting each other and pulling it all together at the right time to get the victory. Anthony Lamb had a fantastic game, 24 points, 11 rebounds, a steal and a couple of blocks, playing outstanding basketball at the moment, along with PJC Parker Jackson Cartwright. He finished with 22 points, four rebounds and three assists. Isaiah Liafa had five steals, including the crucial one in the fourth quarter to put the breakers up by four. He also had 11 points and a couple of rebounds. Finn Delaney, 11 points, three rebounds and a couple of assists. Played a crucial role for the Breakers to get the victory. But as Modi Mayor said in the press conference, it was a team effort. Everyone coming in and doing their job, supporting each other, that allowed them to get the victory. A much-needed victory for the Breakers, whose season was on the brink. And had they lost this one, would have had quite a large hole to dig themselves out of. I think most people would have had the Jack Jumpers favourite in this game. And it was certainly encouraging to see Will Magne play the way he did. He credits the organization as a whole, including his teammates, the coach Scott Roth, and everyone else involved in supporting him, rehabilitating his injured foot and getting back on the court. Uh, Sean McDonald had a very good game off the bench for the Jack Jumpers as well. He finished with nine points and three assists. The numbers don't really tell the story and how important he was, but he was very, very good. Yeah. Scott Roth also mentioned in his post-game presser that it was about defense and that's what separates the teams finishing in the top six spots in the ladder. The teams that can play consistently well at the defensive end of the floor, working together, communicating well, will allow them to secure a finals spot. So I take this to mean that the Jack Jumpers did not guard the ball on the perimeter well enough, nor did they defend the paint well enough to keep the breakers at Bay, and as a result, the Breakers got the victory. Final score, 97 to Tasmania, 92. Unfortunately, Will McDowell-White has suffered a knee injury and will be out for approximately six weeks. His absence in the game here did seem to hurt the Breakers at the time, but they were able to cover the loss well enough to get the victory. Demonstrating the toughness, the resilience, and the perseverance of the New Zealand Breakers, of the New Zealand Breakers, which we all knew they had. So hopefully their next man up mentality will be able to cover his absence and they'll be able to continue the winning with Will McDowell-White off the floor. Away from home, this man, you don't need to give him that kind of space. Usher comes through and can't finish it off. Mears McCall back the other way with a crafty move. Quall has a little bit of a stumble at the free throw line. Clintman puts it through his legs. Quall intercepted it from Armstrong and hit the three. That's, he says, I'll take that, thanks. Swing pass from Pinder. Webster tries to back down Miller on the block. Makes his way to the hoop and the points will count. Oh, my goodness. With the rack attack. It's Cotton. Beautiful move from Bryce Cotton. Back to Webster, now to Wagstaff. The veteran in the corner knocks it down. To Webster in the corner. Rattles around. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Rice. Oh, no. Yeah, no. 
So it'll be a fourth straight win for the Wildcats as Doolittle hits from the mid-range. They've clawed their way back above 500. A fourth straight win has got Perth moving from the doldrums of the NBL all the way into the top four as of tonight. Okay, as you heard there, the Perth Wildcats are clawing their way back up the NBL ladder after beating the visiting Cairns Taipans. The Wildcats started out hot in the first quarter and were able to continue it on through the game. Cairns struggling to score a bit in this one. Tajim McCall was the top scorer for Cairns. He had 19 points, 4 rebounds and 3 assists. In my opinion, they need someone else to lead the scoring if they are to beat opposing teams in the NBL. Patrick Miller has returned but was highly inefficient from the field, scoring 12 on 5 for 15 shooting. He had 6 assists and 5 rebounds but was defended pretty well by the Perth Wildcats and John really pointed to that in his post-game press conference saying the team had improved vastly at the defensive end and that is what has allowed them to make a strong run after a poor start this year in NBL 24. Sam Menenga, only three points to go with his five rebounds. He was a little disappointing in this game, generally provides some good interior defense, but the Perth Wildcats bigs were able to get on top. The other Sam Wardenberg only had nine points to go with his five rebounds, hitting on only one of five three-point shots. Taron Armstrong had five points to go with his six rebounds and four assists. He doesn't seem to be a focal point in the offense, but maybe he should be when these other guys aren't getting on top of the opposing defense. Pretty good game from Lat Mayen. He had 15 points to go with his four rebounds rebounds, but we didn't see enough offensive firepower in Adam Ford's rotations to get over the hometown team, the Perth Wildcats. Bryce Cotton, 25 points, had a pretty inefficient game from a shooting standpoint, going 6 for 18 from the field, but hit on all 11 free throw attempts. The Perth Wildcats shooting 29 for 34, 85% for the team. In my opinion, that's the type of foul shooting they need to put up to allow them to conquer the teams coming into their house. Christian Doolittle has improved his play at both the defensive end and offensive end. He had 10 points to go with his eight rebounds. Ty Webster with 12 points, two rebounds and three assists. Seems to be taking a little bit more initiative dribbling around less and making the most of his chances on offense. We saw an improved game from Alex Saar, who had 12 points on four of six shooting, including a three-pointer, only the three rebounds, but he had two steals and two blocks, improving his play at both ends of the floor. So we're seeing the Wildcats get better game by game as the season wears on. Just a final add-on to this game analysis, the Cairns Taipans had 19 turnovers, which is 
was far too many to commit against a quality side like the Perth Wildcats. You don't want to give them that many chances to score easily. And that might have been the main difference between the two squads on this occasion, allowing the Perth Wildcats to claim victory. They take out the Cairns Taipans. And the final score was the Wildcats, 88 to the Taipans. 80. And a chance for Adelaide to open their account. Kadee into the starting five at the expense of Sunday Detch, who started here and they last played against Tasmania last Saturday night. And a good start to the game here for DJ Vasiljevic. Shot clock rolls to single digits here. Puts it on the deck, down to the baseline. Fires over Toby Smith Mill and a tough shot gets it done. Mike Kelly asking Andrew Jays for his thoughts on the matter. Close. Right. I think he would, if they had a guy on the monitor, they would have stayed with it because any time you get head contact, get away. His first action. Adelaide back to within four. They'll have it two minutes out from three-quarter time. Clawed their way back into the equation. Here's a Siljevic knocks down the three. It's a one-point game. Two-point ball game. Wiley Flowers. He's had his moments. And now puts Adelaide in front for the first time since the opening minute of the game. So Adelaide by five. A little over two and a half left on the clock. They were down 18 during the third quarter. Vasiljevic peels off the three. What? What? So here restart coming from close range, adds the two. So the margin is cut to two. Timeout Adelaide. So a three to tie it away. Williams from half court is going to fall short. And in one of the most remarkable games we've seen this season, the Adelaide 36 has come from 18 down at half time and get it done by three. So Mitch Creek describes his performance in the game versus Adelaide as bullshit. Dog shit. He finished a minus 17 for the team overall by the end of this. And i got to say it was a personally very disappointing loss by the South East Melbourne Phoenix to the Adelaide 36ers. South East Melbourne Phoenix were playing away in this one, playing at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. They were up. 18 at one point in the second quarter. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix started off the game awesome. It was 35-18. It was 35-18 at the quarter break. They went into the halftime break up 18 points. But then we saw Adelaide turn it around in the third, having a 31-point quarter to Southeast Melbourne Phoenix only scoring 14 in that quarter. It began to fall apart for the Phoenix. As I mentioned, Mitch Creek, he had 20 for the game on 7 of 11 shooting. Probably didn't take his opportunities as much as he would have wanted to. Alan Williams had 23 points and 11 rebounds and also two blocks. So not such a bad game from Alan Williams who has been fouling out in recent games, but just not enough production from the supporting cast of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Gary Brown only nine points, two assists and a couple of steals. Will Cummings had 16 on seven of 16 shooting. He didn't hit a three. The attitude by the Phoenix was just completely different. A complete turnaround in that third quarter by Adelaide who DJ Vasiljevic put it down to CJ Bruton's message at halftime proving 
I think that the 36ers are having much better communication among the team at the moment as opposed to the Phoenix who seem to be miscommunicating on defense especially Mike Kelly points to this as being a big problem they need to improve dramatically if they are going to figure heavily in the playoffs in NBL 24 Vasiljevic finished the game with 29 points he went to the line 13 times hitting 10 of them a bit unusual for a jump shooter I think the Phoenix defense wasn't able to put the clamps on him so to speak not playing well enough to be able to shut him down albeit Vasiljevic hitting some ridiculous shots from beyond the arc but he was the standout player for the 36ers Trent Flowers deserves mentioning here he garnered almost 26 minutes and had 13 points Nine rebounds, a steal and a block. His best game for NBL 24 easily. And just overall in the NBL, I think NBL coaches need to trust some of these next stars a little bit more and assign them a definitive role within the team, not just playing them spot minutes here and there. They're in the team for a reason. Give them a role. Jacob Wiley was good in this one. 17 points and 14 rebounds. Probably one of his best games for the year. Mitch McCarron had 12 points three rebounds and three assists and Jason Kadee he got the start over Sunday Detch doesn't seem like a significant move by CJ Bruden on the surface but I think this might stick we might see Sunday coming off the bench in a supporting role as opposed to starting the game at the lead point guard position look it was an impressive game by Adelaide they regrouped at halftime and absolutely smashed the Phoenix in the third quarter probably exposing the Phoenix's lack of team chemistry to this point in NBL 24. Vasiljevic is clearly the man on that squad. Adelaide have found their cornerstone piece for this season, for better or for worse. He instills confidence in the group, is turning out to be maybe one of the acquisitions of the year. And Adelaide do not have a good track record recruiting players. So this is a real indicator this game. I think going into the fever break, things don't look great for the Phoenix. They really need to fix a lot of problems that they're experiencing at the moment. Personally, I hope they can sort it out. I really want to go and see the Phoenix win. I think they have the right team there that can get it done. But Adelaide were way too good on this occasion. Coming back from 18 points down, they take the game out 96 to 93. Underway in the Cairns Convention Centre. Thanks for sharing your Saturday night with us here in the Hungry Jacks NBL. There's the Jack Jumpers working to the right of the screen to control the team. Two-point ball game. 6-1 is the score run since quarter time. Outside is a spider with the answering you got, you got to know the scout report. Paul Paul just dancing with it. And look, it's pretty well defended. And so his man, Magna, gave him some latitude and he adds to his tally. So just his second field goal of the game, Will Magnate. Paul Paul comes up empty. Cross, cross, swing, swing, step back. Elevates. Shot clock in the back. Yeah. 
three goes to McVeigh and that gets it back. Shot clock to five. Crawford working to the paint once more. Adds another two. Taipans need a bucket. Darren Armstrong goes to Bull Paul. He decides to pull the trigger on. Taipans with possession. Down two. Double overtime, beckons here if they can get something happening, or maybe the win is McCall. Oh. Gets it done, he adds the two, tied at 87. No timeouts, chance to be a hero, but we're going to play five more. For the win, it's Jack McVeigh. Oh, a three with a clock in the background. Tasmania have marched into Cairns, and they're marching out with an overtime win. Building basketball confidence is easy. You aren't confident because you don't deserve to be. You wouldn't be confident to fly a plane. If you were, that would be delusion. You aren't confident because you haven't created evidence as to why you should be confident. Simple. That's a quote from Jack McVeigh on his Twitter account post his game-winning three-point shot versus the Cairns Taipans. One of the most exciting finishes, no, the most exciting finish of any NBL game this season. The haters were out there saying this wasn't a great game and so forth, but you couldn't have asked for a better finish to this particular contest, in my opinion. Sure, the scoring did drop off towards the end of the game in the second half. Cairns had a 10-point third quarter and a 10-point overtime. Tasmania didn't score over 20 for four periods of this game, but they pull out the victory. Patrick Miller was back for Cairns, which was a welcome addition back into their lineup. He had 26 points. Three rebounds and four assists. Tajir McCall, 21 on 10 of 18 shooting and four assists along with three steals as well. So the backcourt for the Cairns Taipans doing the job. Taryn Armstrong had eight points and seven rebounds along with four assists as well. Showing he's one of the best rebounding guards in the competition despite his detractors. I don't think his job is to go out there and score. It is to help the rebounding and facilitate the offense, which he is doing quite amicably since his return to Cairns. Bulquall had 17 along with four rebounds on six of 14 shooting. There wasn't a lot of help from the bench for Cairns. Sam Wardenberg, Sam Menenga, collectively eight points between them. Latmayan only seven points off the bench. They weren't getting the looks that they needed down the stretch to hold off the Jack Jumpers, the Never Say Die Jack Jumpers, Jack McVeigh. Player of the game, including the go-ahead three in overtime there. 24 points, five rebounds, and a couple of assists. Milt Doyle only had the nine points, one rebound, and three assists. Jordan Crawford with 20 points on eight of 17, shooting five rebounds and four assists. Jack Jumpers just never gave up. They had a bit of help off the bench. Sean McDonald, 10 points, four of four shooting, including two of two from the three-point line. Also six rebounds and four assists, contributing quite amicably in this contest. Will Magne only had six points, but seven rebounds, four assists which was a bit of a surprising number for him. But it just goes to show that these players from Tasmania, they all chip in when they need to in the areas that are required. Uh, yeah, funny old game, this one.
It was interesting to note in the Cairns post-game press conference, Taron Armstrong commenting that you could point out any aspect of basketball and, in his opinion, Taipans need to improve on it. However, he still has full confidence in the squad. Kind of a contradictory statement, uh, which was a little confusing. But, yeah, I think Cairns need to work on their chemistry a little. They've had varied success this season, whereas the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers have an established culture, a strong ideology, and they just never give up on games. So if you think MBL 24 isn't delivering up to your standards, I suggest that you look at games on the whole And I think if you do that, you will see that the scoring has increased, the fast break points have increased, the coaching strategies have diversified. You're not just seeing teams sit back in zone. They are manning up and switching it up. I think the coaches that consistently go with a zone defense are being shot out of it by better shooting and better offensive execution. Tasmania are a definite smoky for the championship this season. Melbourne United are definitely the standout as far as the first eight rounds go. But watch out for Tasmania. They are going to challenge whoever it is they come up against with whatever weapons they have at their disposal. The final score in this game, 87-90. to Jack McVeigh with the walk-off win in overtime in Cairns. Shocking the Cairns Convention Centre and showing why they are one of the toughest outs in the competition. Mitchell, second time around. Yeah, this might be a very, you know, tight defensive game. South couldn't control the offensive rebound. Chris Smith head down to the basket. Great take. Saar rebounds. Harris into the paint. Scores with the extra free throw to come. Cotton out for Saar. It's short. Bryce is on the spot. Quick three. There he is. A lot of standing around. Yeah. Do a little business for himself. Turnaround jumper. So he swings to Smith. It's been open for a while. The man stays hot. Usher ran out of ideas and ran out of space in the end. Sobe upstairs. Well, it'll be back-to-back overtime games. Why not up at 70? Why not, Drew? It's been a great night of basketball. Let's keep it rolling. Wow. Again, Brisbane unable to close out. But the ghosts of the fourth quarter come back to haunt the bullets again. In a game that John really himself described as ugly, the Perth Wildcats take out the Brisbane Bullets at Nissan Arena. Chris Smith. Had an outstanding game, 23 points on 10 of 15 shooting. Also four rebounds and a couple of assists and two steals and a block. Outstanding game for him, but he didn't get a lot of support from players like Nathan Sobe or DJ Mitchell. These guys were absent in the second half of the game. I think the shining light for Brisbane in this game was Josh Bannon playing 32 minutes and scoring 17 points and grabbing six rebounds. He is a standout young Australian player in NBL 24 and continues to show why game 
after game. We didn't see much from the big guys on this Brisbane squad. Tyrell Harrison, six points, four rebounds, and a couple of blocks. Aaron Baines, three points, five rebounds, couple of assists, and a couple of steals. Rocco Zakarski, two points in his eight minutes, along with four rebounds and an assist. I think if you can't go with Tyrell Harrison for a majority of the game, Rocco's got to see more minutes. And we've heard Aaron Baines state publicly that he would also like to see Zakarski's minutes upped, even if it has to be at the expense of his own playing time. That is how much he endorses young Rocco Zakarski, who was a future NBA draft pick and is on this team for a reason. He is a very mobile, very tall young player who causes matchup nightmares for the opposition. Justin Schuller is a great coach, but I would love to see him play Zakarski even more. Sam McDaniel only two points for this game. Didn't quite contribute enough. Mitch Norton only three points on one of nine shooting. That's just not going to get it done for this Brisbane team. Look, going with Sobey down the stretch, shooting jump shots, I don't think it's going to work. Sobey's a great one-on-one player, but I wouldn't back him to hit the clutch jump shot as good as he is. He went zero for seven from the three-point line during this game. Clearly, the shot wasn't going down for him. John really noted in his post-game press conference that Perth have managed to win their last five games in different ways, proving they can adjust to what the game demands of them. He also admitted that Corey Webster has an ankle injury, which he is not quite sure the details of, and mentioned that Corey will have a moment or two, which I think alludes to the fact that he doesn't plan to play him that many minutes for the rest of this season, even if he does recover fully from whatever injury this is. We've seen Ty Webster continue to play. He had one point in this game on zero for seven shooting. These Webster boys aren't getting it done for this Perth Wildcat squad. I don't see the point in playing them when they have good young players like Ben Henschel in the ranks looking to play a role along with David Aquera, who was in the regular rotation for Melbourne United last season, and also Michael Harris, who we have barely seen throughout the year. He saw six minutes in this game, but only took two shots, didn't score, and had one rebound and one assist. Keanu Pinder shot poorly in this game as well, one for seven. He had 10 rebounds, which is great but they need more offensive production from him. Hiram Harris has been elevated to the starting lineup, and that has proven to work during these last five games. He scored 14 points in this game on five of six shooting, hit four of five free throws, had six rebounds as well. But I think the best player for Perth was Christian Doolittle, who I clowned on a bit earlier in the season for not doing enough. He is getting a lot more done these days, looking a lot more comfortable in the lineup. He had 21 points on six of nine shooting, along with nine rebounds and three assists. His mid-range game is very solid. They need to get the ball to him in the post, I think, 
a lot more. Jordan Usher didn't feature too strongly in this game, but showed positive energy throughout, which I think is important for him. John really noted this in the press conference as well, that they're not getting too hung up on the ref's calls anymore or plays that don't work out. They are just moving on to the next play and retaining some confidence in themselves. Bryce Cotton, 25 points on 7 of 16 shooting. He had some clutch threes down the stretch and also seven rebounds, three assists and three steals. He has taken the shots he needs to take. They're not all going down, but that's something the Perth Wildcats offense definitely still needs. So I don't think the rotation is exactly set for Perth, but they're definitely playing better and looking to challenge the top teams in NBL 24. They come out on top at the end of this game, playing away to the Bullets. They win 79-76. to 76. Clark for three, good closeout from the half, a bit of offense. A minute to go in this first quarter. Harvey falling, finds the cover. Coming in as we see a beautiful feed from that high post by Frawling and a better finish. Plus in half court. Delaney sprints to the corner. Lamb stepping through, kicks it out. Glidden. Three ball is good. Ball gets his knees on the floor, then gets the rebound. What a hustle. Lamb driving on Clark. Off the glass yeah. and one. Jackson Carwright leading the league and scoring. Harvey from downtown. Harvey looking to shoot. Left hand high off the glass as the buzzer expired. First it was Tyler Harvey. With the 126 to go in this game. It's Robinson with the ball. Driving with the left hand one. The bucket here. Man. Five to shoot. Harvey with the right hand. Put it up with the left. Can't get it. Oh, Gary Clark. They lift him alone. Gary Clark punches it down with the right hand. And that is game. The Hawks win on the road at Spark Arena. It's all smiles for Justin Tatum and the Illawarra Hawks. Justin Tatum gets his first win in his debut head coaching role versus the New Zealand Breakers at Spark Arena. Well, let's start off with the New Zealand Breakers. Sands, Will McDowell-White. They couldn't cover for his absence. Parker Jackson Cartwright, 20 on 6 of 17 shooting. Anthony Lamb, 20 on 7 of 21 shooting. Isaiah Liafa, 3 points. Mango Matiang, five points. The only other player factoring into the scoring category was Cam Glidden, who scored 10 on three or four shooting. Maybe he should have played more. But in a perhaps even uglier game than the Perth-Brisbane game, the New Zealand Breakers can't get it done at home versus the Illawarra Hawks. Yeah, the Breakers' offense just did not fire in this game at all. Shooting 37% from the field and 28% from the three-point line. New Zealand Breakers not looking like they're going to factor in the finals this season. Their next man up mentality only goes so far. They needed a lot more out of Finn Delaney. He played 30 minutes, only had five points and five rebounds along with a couple of assists. Yeah, it was a real grind-out victory. 
by the Illawarra Hawks, but as noted by Gary Clark in the post-game press conference, Justin Tatum's voice and persona is something that the whole team is responding well to. Sam Froling had a great game, 16 points on 7 of 11, shooting along with 12 rebounds and a couple of assists. Gary Clark with a really important play in the last seconds of the fourth quarter, getting an offensive rebound and dunk, had 13 points overall and four rebounds along with a couple of assists. Justin Robinson, Hard to know what to say about this guy. He does not contribute that prominently on the offensive end of the floor. Seems to be a pretty stable defensive player guarding the opposition's backcourt. He just had the four points and four assists. Tyler Harvey had 16 points on his pretty regular inefficient shooting, going 6 for 15 from the field. He, however, had 3 of 7 from the three-point line, shooting a bit better from beyond the arc. But he does not facilitate the offense. He is merely looking to finishing it. This was not a high-scoring game, not a great game to watch. And as some people on social media might put it, not a great advert for the league. But I think the Illawarra Hawks all bought in on the defensive schemes that Justin Tatum put out there and were able to hold the breakers off at their home arena. And a win is a win for the Hawks at this stage. They don't care how they get it. They just need to get them. They shot well from the free throw line, hitting on 11 of 14 free throws, which was important for this type of game. Really not a lot more to say about this game other than it was a good grind-out victory for Justin Tatum's debut as head coach. And the Illawarra Hawks take it in the end, 69 to the Breakers, 65. Two in the corner. He's money from those corners. It's set for Denzel Valentine. Sydney away to a fast start. Absence creates opportunity. And Campbell Blog is taking his. Golding in rhythm. Got it. Oh Valentine's pass. My. Simply incredible. Wow. wow. Valentine walks into a three. Denzel Valentine is having a heart. Travis spins. Great take. Golding. Second time around. Walachul wrestles it back and scores. And we see a slam dunk there from an easy out of bounds play. Jalawalachul. Yeah, you just see JLA just being aggressive here at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Drew that play up, set his guy up so he can get to the basket for an easy dunk. And having a big say on things in quarter number four. Golding's had a big say all afternoon long. That's 28 for CG43. Five-point lead to Melbourne. Golding makes an eight. Hope with one last attempt. Glover can't score. They quite clearly are the benchmark. So the final game for round eight, we see the marquee matchup between the Melbourne United and Sydney Kings. Wow, what a game. So Sydney started fast, hitting everything from beyond the arc. They really did look like they were going to blow Melbourne United out of the water. Sydney playing without Geordie Hunter and Jalen Galloway. And as we've seen all season, coach Abdel Fattah let the Kings play through adversity in the second half, not taking timeouts to stop Melbourne United's runs, which a lot of people have been critical of. 
So maybe we see that change a little bit after this FIBA break. Jonah Bolden stepped in for Geordie Hunter at the starting centre position. He had 10 points on 4 of 8 shooting, 9 rebounds and a couple of blocks. Wasn't able to connect on any free throws, which I think is pretty disappointing for a player of his calibre. The Sydney Kings only shooting 53% from the free throw line as a team in a game where those points were sorely needed. DJ Hogue was the standout for the Sydney Kings. He had 20 points, 6 rebounds and a steal. Alex Tui, 10 points. Four rebounds. Denzel Valentine, 19 points on 7 of 12 shooting. Six rebounds and seven assists. I think Jalen Adams was dipping in and out of this game a little bit. Only had nine points and four assists. They definitely needed more from him down the stretch. A little bit of help off the bench for the Kings from Quatnoy. 12 points and 5 rebounds. But their switching defense on Melbourne United was not able to stop the one and only CG43, Chris Golding, who had his best game of the year, scoring 35 points on 9 from 18 shooting. 15 of those shots came from the 3-point line. He hit 8 of 15. He went 9 of 11 from the free throw line. Had a couple of rebounds and 4 assists. MVP chance could be heard from the crowd at the end of this game for Chris. And some people are pointing to an NBA nod for the 35-year-old Aussie superstar. He definitely led from the front in this game. Luke Travis had a great game as well. 18 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, a couple of steals and a couple of blocks as well. He is coming into his own, has shown when given the role, he has been able to perform at a high level. Joe Lual Achul Jr. JLA had 17 points, 8 rebounds, a couple of steals and a couple of blocks as well. Played a big part in the Melbourne United win. Also some big minutes from Flynn Cameron who is ascended of late off the bench for Melbourne United. He had 10 points, 4 rebounds, a couple of assists and a steal as well. He has shown Dean Vickerman that he is ready to take on a bigger role for Melbourne United when needed. United was still missing Matthew Delavadova. We should see him come back pretty soon. So that has freed up minutes for players like Campbell Blog, who and Kyle Bowen. We're starting to get to know these names now because Dean Vickerman is showing confidence in these young guys. Blog had seven points in this game on three or four shooting, and we actually saw him in the first quarter, which points to Vickerman being able to throw guys in and out depending on when they might be needed. It really was a tale of two halves. The Kings had the ascendancy in the first half and took quite a substantial lead into the halftime break. But then we saw Melbourne United come back with a 27-point third quarter and a 40-point fourth quarter. That's probably the highest quarter scoring total for any team in NBL 24 this year. And that certainly enabled them to blow away the Sydney Kings at John Kane Arena in front of 10,000 strong. Melbourne United stamp their authority on the league and take the game out versus the 
Sydney Kings 105 to 93. So there you have it. We're at the FIBA break after those games in round eight. Some teams getting a much needed rest and chance to recuperate, rejuvenate. Retool, recover, any other re-words you can think of. And we're all primed for NBL 24 to resume on November 30, next Thursday, with New Zealand and Adelaide. Now, I'm going to take this opportunity to quickly mention what has been going around the internet virally the last few days regarding Josh Giddy. Anyone who's listened to this podcast regularly knows what a fan of Josh Giddy we are, but I will reserve the right not to comment anything at this stage until the official investigation has been conducted and the truth around the situation emerges. So I'll leave it at that for now until such time as we get an official statement from Josh and or the OKC Thunder and or the NBA regarding that matter. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at GT Basketball Pod. Also on X, formerly known as Twitter at GT Basketball Pod. Also TikTok and Facebook. Just search Garbage Time Basketball Podcast to find us over there. And wherever you get your podcasts, we should be sitting there waiting for your ears to be filled with basketball content. Thank you to everyone who listens to us regularly and gives us feedback on social media and in person. We are very grateful for any feedback, be it positive or negative. We're always looking to improve on this podcast. All of us have regular day jobs and do what we can to make this podcast as high quality as possible with the time allowed. Sometimes life does get in the way of this creative endeavor, but we are building towards something greater every day. I'm very grateful to have the available time to do what we do here and just very grateful for our National League continuing to deliver high-quality basketball games for us to consume. Our Australian players continue to shine at all levels, and we're attracting very high-level basketball players from overseas, including the next stars who are able to deliver on the court for the NBL and beyond. So once again, thank you very much for listening. My name is Rodney E, the host of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast here. We will get back in your ears once round nine has completed of NBL 24.